Shelly, get your darn mess on, man. Oh, you don't even have sound. I cut you right off. Welcome back to the 307 Podcast, where we have three different types of podcasts. We have long-form interviews with great guests. Um, those usually go to about hour and a half, two hours, who knows. We've got the comms check. That's every Wednesday. That's what this is. The whole team sits around, talks about what they did for the day, what's on their mind, and we also have a brand new segment called 19 Minutes, Give or Take a Few with Chad, where he sits down. He's supposed to give you a concise one-minute thought, however it usually runs, but somewhere between 17 and 21 minutes. Plus or minus 15 minutes. Welcome back. Well, you know, that's great, Chili, because I have number one on my list here. Chili, intro podcast. You just nailed it, son. I didn't have to prompt it. Well, I sure am proud of y'all. Y'all shot good today on the range. Dude, we are putting in a full day today, listeners. We are putting in a full day. When you work at 307 Project, this is what a, a full day looks like. You go to the range. You shoot for four hours. I bet we shot a thousand rounds today. I think we shot close to a thousand rounds. You forgot the coffee debacle. Oh, yeah. You get coffee first. You go to the range. You shoot. You do all kinds of... Oh, that was an awesome range day. I it mean, was. maybe it was just awesome for me. I shot terrible, but it was still awesome. And then you go eat a good meal, and then you have a phone call, and then you get to do a podcast. Yeah. That's a good day right there. You not know, not every day's like that, but that was our day today. Chad doesn't let me do any teaching anymore. On the basic course, he get, begins to take teaching away. The range now, I just I just walk around with my gun on. And I shoot when the, they go to reload their mags, and when they come back out, I stand around. Yeah, what was teaches. that about? So, he doesn't do any. He doesn't let. Me, he's like, just don't let me do no teaching. No You're more. the best shooter out there. That uh, is true, but not the best teacher. I, I must say, though, I I really love teaching is my passion in life. So if you give me the opportunity to teach someone something, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm just get in the zone, dude. When I'm teaching, I just get in the zone. So, you know. You, you, you do good at it. I just want to commend you on your teaching. <sighs> your shooting was pretty good today. You got a few things to work on, but you did pretty good. Well. Chili and Krista did very good. Oh, I shot real bad. <laughs> Buddy. Hey, that 25 yards, that'll that'll tell on you, won't it? When you get get back on that 25-yard line, that'll tell on you. I'm sorry as crap. You actually did good. I don't you guys obviously chilly Krista. Welcome, Krista. Um Hello. All right. <laughs> thank you. I just wanted you to tell the people hello. I exist. Um you guys are pretty new to shooting. And what we just did on the range today was super, super advanced. So, Chili, you can't say you did bad. You were shooting a whole new weapon platform. You went through all the drills. You were safe. Um, you hit the target most of the time. <laughs> but that, we can hone that accuracy in. I, one of the things I, I think you might have been away from the table at lunch, but I mentioned to these guys is – huge thing I noticed today for myself is when you introduce speed as, as a factor in what you're doing, it really changes things. It really rattled me because mm -hmm. I think the last time I was out there having the ability to take my time, focus on my breathing, I feel like I did much better in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But the moment I was being timed and, and then there were multiple things to be thinking about, it just, it really, I was like, huh. That was interesting to see how you responded to that. I did not handle that well. <laughs> that was so, the competitive side. I of know, you I know. Out. And I did, and I was like, you did not handle that well. You've got to figure this out because it changed things. You had a moment. I did have a moment. I had a couple <laughs> moments, probably. <laughs> One distinct moment that I oh, yeah, can remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, that was awesome, man. That training, that training will mentally exhaust you. Yeah. It really will. Do you like shooting, Krista? Yeah, it's been fun. I've, I it's I feel like it's a brand new skill for me. And I could see how if you got really good at that skill, that what we did today would be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Like if I was good, actually good at shooting and I'd had a lot of repetitions and knew 
how to do that well, I, I would enjoy something like today. And since you started working at 3SM Project, is that is that the extent of your shooting experience? Or did you have yes. some experience in the past? Um, my son took me to an indoor range once, I think last fall. Okay. <laughs> and we just shot, I mean, just he just introduced me to like a gun, like how to hold it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, but that was, that was it. So. Okay. so, yes, pretty much brand new. Man, that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The complexity of what we did today was uh was really intense. Chili doesn't like shooting. Um, he doesn't like anything except for running. Is that, well, is that accurate ass- assessment? I would say I don't like anything and stop there. Yeah, oh, he stopped okay. liking running. Really. I, I asked him on the way home. I said, Chili, so how do you like shooting? He said, I don't really like it. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> what the crud, man? What? I mean... Do you like stuff? Yeah, I like shooting a lot. Yeah, I think it's a great exercise. That's a that's a foreign. I, I don't. I don't. When people describe that they like doing something, hey, I enjoyed that. I had fun. I think what in the crap does that mean? That's so sad. <laughs> Isn't it though? That's so sad. <laughs> Boy, we got some work to do. <laughs> Um, all right, sweet. If you're new to 307 Project, well, what is 307 Project? I like to say we're a podcast and a training company. Um, and if you want to support the podcast, if you're a longtime listener, if you get anything out of the podcast and you're like, man, I want this thing to keep going. I want, I want these, this 307 Project to keep putting this podcast out and you want to support us. Hey, there's a lot of ways to do that. Patreon is a great place to do that. If you're a VIP with us on Patreon, you can uh, click the link in the show notes of this episode to sign up and be a part of Patreon. We do a exclusive show called Resurrected three Sundays a month. It's live, um, and it's also recorded and posted on Patreon. If you can't make the live call, that usually lasts about an hour at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Patreon. That is for our VIP patrons uh, and so that's a great place to go. Awesome community and awesome way to support uh, the 307 podcast uh, so that we can take the time to sit down here and have these conversations and bring interesting people in and all that good stuff. So, um, And other ways to support the podcast. Put your application in for the basic course. Come train with us. All right? Come train with us. We got the basic course this fall. We're running three teams Put your application in. I am about to start reviewing the applications probably within the next week to select team members for the fall basic course. Uh, Again, the link to the basic course, both the dates and the application, is in the show notes of this episode. All right? It's on 37project.com. Show notes, hopefully you can find them. And this weekend, we got the Proving Grounds, which is a whole different training pipeline. I got to thinking about it. Essentially, what we have created is a training pipeline that people can go through, and each one builds upon the other, right? Mm -hmm. And if you do the basic course or the Proving Grounds, then you are eligible to come out with us on some of our exclusive, more exclusive, advanced missions, which are done in high alpine environments. And this year, we're paddling 140 miles down the longest undammed waterway here on the East Coast, uh, that'll be an eight-day mission with a special team of 10 of our graduates of the basic course and the proving grounds. So we're all the time trying to build experiences and training that teach you actual skills along with mindset techniques, leadership uh, ability, communication ability, all those foundational things that are needed to perform any skill. So we kind of roll it all into one. That's the essentially what we do here around here at 37 Project. That's why we train this morning because we don't really teach from what well, we don't teach from theory at all. We actually do the things that we do. Uh, we do the things that we teach you how to do, right? We backpack, we, uh, we run, we're big into fitness fitness stuff we shoot um all that good stuff we actually do it so that's what we do all right y'all ready to start this thing yeah 
This may be a shorter podcast today. You guys are exhausted. Why is that? You guys are absolutely exhausted. Son, I got a whole day ahead of me still. Blake already yawned. He's already yawning over there. I get I get 30 minutes of energy from one yawn. Oh, my word. Yeah. Well, well what we're going to at least start talking about today is uh, probably not going to be very popular uh, of a subject because uh, because it's uh, it, it requires you to, I guess, be selfless in a way, some of the things that we might talk about. But you know what? I don't care because, you know, I'm about, I'm about sick and tired of seeing people tell people what they want to hear and not what they actually need to hear, right? Have y'all noticed that? That's, that's actually how you get really popular. Yeah. You tell people, Krista, we talked about this the other day. Mm-hmm. If you want to get really popular on social media, on YouTube, if you want to get really popular in your own little circle of friends, tell people, just tell them what they want to hear. It's not hard to do. It's actually easy to do. You know what people want to hear that's going to flare up their emotions and their feelings and it's going to make them angry or sad or whatever. Well... That's not what we do here on the 3 of 7 podcast. We do our best to tell you what you need to hear and probably what we need to hear. Somebody said it the other day, the best message to preach is the one that you need to hear. And I thought, man, that's if if you're ever undecided about what you should talk to somebody about, that's usually a good place to start. What is it that I need to hear? Because there's probably somebody else out there that needs to hear the same thing. Have you guys, and and on this topic, have you guys, I don't know if y'all have noticed this or not, but when I entered the social media game, uh, probably three years ago now, there was a lot of inspiration type stuff on social media. A lot of content that was there to inspire and, uh, uh, help people potentially give people skills or or, or techniques to overcome challenges. Um, there was a lot of that stuff on there just three years ago. Inspirational type stuff, which is good stuff, right? A lot of people need. If you are not living your life hard enough, like if you're not going hard enough to need to see a message every now and then that says something as simple as just keep going like then then you're not you're not going hard enough man like so inspiration is is a good thing that we can share with one another but i have noticed that i don't know maybe this is just me i'm asking you guys i know you're on social media a lot christian or krista um christian uh i have noticed that the the good quality inspiring awesome uh, content has kind of just tapered off and social media, the the content that is there to evoke emotion and anger and frustration and all that stuff, it's gone up. Have you noticed that at all, Chili? No, I mean, I think think that's just what you focus on individually like somebody who you know a lot of those platforms they curate your feed for what you keep looking at so if you looked at a lot of emotional stuff i think it's gonna keep playing for you i mean i don't think there's less content out there it's infinite you know i mean maybe it has decreased but i think that's how these platforms work these they show you what you continually look at and if you look at news and negative stuff or or, or whatever, they're going to keep showing you that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a a, a, a a negative feedback loop that, you know, perpetuates itself over and over again. And you can't really bust out of it because that's what you are looking at and they give it to you. Yeah. So then you'd have to go outside of what they give you to look at something else for that to change. And, you know, you just don't do that. Maybe I need to just run through the people that I follow on Instagram and kind of 
Well, it's not even clean it out a little bit. It's not even that. It's the like photography. Yeah, I've, I've been looking up photography. Things. I bet you not even get, on Instagram. You probably been getting all that stuff. Now I get ads about photography. Yeah, it's, it's suggesting reels about people shooting. And, yeah, and it's like so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's the perception of of what you're seeing, but I, I get what you're getting aside yeah. from the algorithms of Instagram and how well, that works. I also just don't. The whole freaking yip yip hooray inspirational stuff is just it's so pathetic. It can be corny, but I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I have always been of the opinion that if you rely on Instagram for your motivation, something's off. Yes, but so I I, I think it I think it is I I, I mean I that's ha- just what I think. I have to say. I have been in struggles in my own life and I've seen something that somebody shared on social media and it was uplifting to me. It was like, oh man, that, that really, that really helped me in this moment. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I have to say, yeah, I mean, that's going to be the majority of people listening's feeling. I mean, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I agree though that you can go over the top with like, you know, you have like, you have all that you need inside of you to <laughs> well, that's not to inspiring. manifest the the whatever you want. Like, yeah, man, that's ridiculous, right? But anyways, this is what I this is what I perceive. I, I use social media sometimes to just I'm always using it and I know it's not hundred percent accurate, but just to take a take the temperature of where people are at. And so here's the thing. A message that inspire is is out there to inspire someone that message can only be received by a person who is trying to overcome whatever the challenge that's set before them is so an, a message of hope a message of inspiration whatever it is it can't be received Unless you are trying to overcome something. Essentially, you are trying to get better. All right? An inspirational message that falls into the hands of someone who is simply lives a crappy life and isn't trying to overcome it, it's a useless message to them. It, 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 it's not received by them. I just wonder... If people haven't got beat down so much over the last few years that a a large majority of people have let go of the, the concept of even overcoming. Essentially, they've given up. They said, this is, this is just, I'm just tired. I'm just sick of it. It's just bull crap, whatever. It may be something that's going on in your individual life. It may be all the crap that's going on in the world right now. And so now you've just said, well, I got a lot of challenges before me, but I'm not even going to try to overcome those things. And I think that's why an inspirational message right now, I think it's falling on deaf ears in a way. All right? I'll tell you what I'll tell you what makes me think this and why I'm saying this. Because yesterday I did the one minute with Chad episode. Then I went and made a post that basically recapped what I said in one minute with Chad, right? And it is an inspirational message. It's essentially you have got to focus on what is in front of you that day, and you've got to make little progress every single day. And if you look at the totality of whatever the challenge is, if we look at the totality of everything that's wrong in our nation, if you look at the totality of everything that needs to be fixed in your life, if you look at all that, you become overwhelmed. You will become overwhelmed. And the next thing you do is you start looking left and right for for a shortcut to take. Right? And so I posted about that. And nothing. Crickets. Crickets. It's like, what the... Y'all, 
It's like, what the crap, man? Like, it just is weird to me because I'm telling you, that message a few years ago, when I think hope for people was more prevalent, hope for people to actually overcome challenges and obstacles, I think hope was more prevalent three years ago than it is now. I, I, I'm telling you, man, I think that's what's going on. I, I would just recommend I, never letting or using Instagram to be your barometer of where people are at or what's going on. I mean, in a way it does, if you could get an accurate reflection every time, because that is what people are putting out. Like I get uh, how in a, in a, in a way it, it can show you, but there's too many other variables. There's way too many variables. That's why I prefaced it with, it's not always a hundred percent accurate. But it can be used to take the temperature of people. I know you're poopy pants about Instagram and social <laughs> well, no, media, just, Chili. That's just being me let being me real. Tell you what, I could have made a post yesterday that talked about how sucky everything in the world was. It would have went off the charts because that's what that's all people can focus on, man. Because they don't have any freaking hope. And guess what happens when you don't have any hope? You just focus on all the sucky stuff and you complain about it. And you just get all emotional. I'm telling you, man, that's what's happening. Well, I mean, I think the way you could know that is if you knew that the same people saw both posts and then you saw the different engagement. But, you know, you don't even know who all saw this. I mean, like Instagram hides certain things and, you know, some posts get limited. I just, I don't know. I just don't. I don't think it's a scientific oh, okay. test. Okay, well, well, it's not a scientific test. What I'm saying is, if you don't have if you don't have any hope and you are you no longer have any desire or willingness to overcome whatever it is, whatever the challenge is that you're facing right now, if you've lost that hope, you're in a bad place, man. That's 100% true. You're in a bad place and I don't I don't know what to tell you to get to regain your hope. But I don't know. That's got to change. Yeah, you can't do it for them. No, it's it's no, that's, I, that's one of those things that people have to learn for themselves. You you want to teach like you see somebody struggling and you want to help them and you want them to be like, look, at, let me help you. And and just like Chad said, if they don't want help, someone who is not wanting to be inspired or needs it. They can't receive it. It's like putting gas in a tank that's already full. And I think that at large, from my perspective, looking outside at you, is that a lot of your frustration lies in general in a lot of ways. Uh, you can't help people the way you want to because they're not willing to receive the help. And I think that's what's, you know. That is where a lot of my frustration lies. Yeah, like with really with people on social media, whoever. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And and no matter what the cause is that certain posts do better than others or or this or that, I think that the core message there is 100% true. And it goes back to what you said at the beginning of the podcast. What am I supposed to do? Tell you what you want to hear? Because that ain't going to freaking help you. That's going to make it worse. Yeah. I'm going to keep telling you what you need to hear. And if you don't respond to it, that's on you. And you have to live with that. And guess who else does? Me. Because I'm not in control of you. That's all you can do. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. That's all you can do. You can keep putting out the message. I mean, it's not, I don't, I wouldn't, you know, you don't do it from a perspective of, oh, I know what everyone needs to hear, but you're just sharing what's worked for you and, and yeah, you know, sharing Christ with them. And that, that's, that's all you can do. You know, yeah. the, the frustration, you getting frustrated at not being able to help people that aren't willing to be helped will just make you less effective. It does. Which is not good. So, you know, you can't let you can't let it make you ineffective in trying to help people because guess what? Some people do respond. And, it, and then that makes it worth it. Good point. And some people are hearing it and receiving it, but maybe they're not posting a response to so you never know like it, it shouldn't make you stop speaking if you're showing up with integrity and you're saying i think people need to hear 
this encouragement, this hope, this message doesn't mean just because you're not getting responses to that you should stop because you just never know where it's landing, who it's hitting, um, even if you're not getting that feedback. I think that's one of the, the factors, difficulties about social media is it's just not personal. You're not talking to a real person. You're not face-to-face. You don't get immediate fa- feedback. You can't really have a conversation. You don't know, people don't know why, um, why we're doing what we're doing. And, and so there are so many gaps to fill in, so many narratives we can create. And so it's just so risky um, to know why somebody might not receive a certain message or um, be turned off by that. And I think a lot of what's going on nowadays too is just we have almost a, a uh, I don't know if I'd call it a crisis, but because that sounds so extreme, but I do think we have some serious issues with identity and purpose. And so as I was hearing you speak, I think some of what happens um, with people getting angry and, and getting in these negative feedback loops, I think some of it, Chili's right, is created by algorithms and, and it just the system works that way intentionally. <laughs> but I think we, we do that to ourselves too. Like we, misery loves company and we we want to be part of, we're by nature as humans tribal. That's just part of who we are as humans. And so we gravitate toward that idea and we want to belong to a tribe because it gives us an identity and it, and it also gives us purpose. So, you know, there's the saying like with, with, as a teacher, um, oh gosh, I'm losing it now, but, um, bad attention, you know, bad attention is still, you just want attention. doesn't matter if it's bad or good, like with a kid, like bad attention is good attention to them. And so, so I think that it doesn't matter if this tribe or this purpose that I'm waking up with every day, I'm not really thinking about whether it's good or bad. I I just, I need that. I need that to, for my existence um, on an existential level. And I think so much has gotten rocked in our world over the past several years that a lot of what you see happening in culture really comes back to and relates to a crisis of identity and purpose, you know, um, just even things like, and some of the things are are good and it's all muddled and mixed up, but like all the social justice stuff, you know, like why is that thriving so much right now? Um, some of it's needed, but some of it is like people want a purpose and they're, you know, like religion, I want to wake up and I want to have a purpose. I want to have an identity and, and a lot of, what's going on in culture and and a lot of what's happening with social media is is feeding that and making us more binary making us more tribal because it's giving us that thing that we need and for myself I need to be aware of that I need to say okay I, I need to be aware of this is happening and so I have to ask myself what is my identity and what is my purpose and maybe it, sometimes it aligns with those things that are happening around me, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's countercultural. Sometimes it's, um, it, I should have a very different starting point. And if that's secure, if I'm already secure in my identity and my purpose, I'm not going to be as tempted and drawn to find it in those other things. And I think there's a big spiritual vacuum right now. And that spiritual vacuum is being filled with all kinds of things that provide identity and purpose mm-hmm. where, where they're missing now, where I think we had a greater sense of that before. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, man. Well, I'm going to end this part of the conversation with telling you listener, if you are operating from a place of pure emotion or feeling, if you're operating and you're focusing all of your energy on those topics, things that are emotional, things that make you feel a certain way, things that feed your your flesh, your desire to, to be angry or sad or mad or whatever, you will never win. You are failing. You will lose the battle against all the things that you hate. All right, I love this. Your personal excellence 
is the ultimate rebellion against all the things that you hate. Focusing on your personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion against all the things that you hate. In other words, you can't defeat the things that piss you off by complaining about them or getting angry about them. But if you focus on your own personal excellence, yourself, your family, your community, the things that you can actually impact, that is how you win, in my humble opinion. And I think people are not focused enough on making themselves better. They're too focused on the freaking drama, man. And what they realize is, well, that allows the drama to win. That, that allows the, the stupid stuff that's happening to win. If everybody weren't so freaking fat, this <laughs> coronavirus thing wouldn't have been so bad. You, Krista. <laughs> All right. Let's transition here. Lose some. <laughs> Put that one in a reel. <laughs> See what kind of engagement that gets. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, son. Boy, that's the podcast just Boy, went you're, downhill. You're ticking Krista off my oh, head. So. Oh Look, God. when she closes her mouth and still kind of smiles, <laughs> it's bad. Tag Bojangles in that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, maybe that'll be the title of the episode. Well, there you go. Feeding people's feelings and emotions there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let me tell you, listener. <laughs> Were you try, trying to make your point? Uh, that's all it was. I, just, I had, had to throw a little comedy in here for y'all. Mm. Um, all right, I want to transition into something. I just want to hit this from a high level, guys, from your own personal experience um, in, in your lives. I want to talk about how we can best serve uh, people in need, right? Whether that's a family member, a friend, uh, someone that's in your life that's going through a a trial or, or extremely difficult time, whether it's a, a you know maybe their one of their loved ones passed away or or um, you know maybe they 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 are going through a, a bad divorce or uh, maybe they've had an injury or, or sickness or something like that. How can we best serve those people in our lives that are going through difficult times? And what brought me to this subject? is I was reading in the book of Job in, let's see, chapter 2, I think. Uh, yeah, chapter 2. And it was really interesting to me when I, th when I really thought about what happened when Job had, had just had all of this terrible things happen to him. And um, in verse 11, it says, Now when Job's three friends heard of all the evil that was come upon him, they came, every one from his own place. So his three buddies came from out of town, and they came in, and um, it says they came to mourn with him and comfort him. All right? And then it, Job was in such bad shape that it said, when they lifted their eyes from afar off, they knew him not. They didn't even recognize him because this was after Job had lost everything and then he had all these boils on his skin and he was sitting on the ground and scratching his skin with a pot shard. And they didn't even recognize him. And so they lifted their voice and wept and every one of them rent their mantle. If y'all ever see me renting my mantle, <laughs> know something terrible has went down and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. All right? And so they sat with him upon the ground for seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw his grief was very great. And I thought, man, that's a dedicated friend. To see that your, friend, your friend's going through this terrible time, and you just come, and you just sit on the ground beside of him and be, for seven days and never even speak a word to him. 
And what was interesting to me is when they finally did start talking to him, they made him actually feel terrible. Everything they told him was wrong. And it was like, they were doing more for Job just sitting there silently with him as he endured this trial than when they actually tried to give advice. Which leads me into the first thing that I think we can do to serve people that are going through hard times, and that is to simply listen. Simply listen to them. Simply be there with them. You know, that's one of the hardest things for humans to do, though. Would you agree? I mean, how many people you run into? How many? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think I think our natural yeah. tendency is to want to make sense of things and fix it. <laughs> I think that's most most people. That's your natural tendency. Yep. Give yeah. advice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our 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 number one in our mind, the first thing that's going to come up is I need to tell this person something that's going to help them. What and I think all reality, keeping your mouth shut and just listening to that person is probably going to help them the most. Mm-hmm. Probably more so than any advice that you can give them when they're in that state. Because, man, you, you, don't, you likely don't really know what that feels like. Right? And I think that we all have people in our lives right now that are going through these difficult times. So how can we support them other than just being there with them and listening to them? Are there other things that we can do? Are there other things that people have done from for you that stood out to you as like, man, this really helped me or encouraged me during this difficult time in my life. Right? Mm-hmm. Can y'all think of anything? Well, just one little thing I thought of just from that passage that is is present there too that is something his friends actually did well in the beginning. They started off, you know, comforting him well. Uh, that I think has mattered to me when I've gone through things is just seeing empathy, experiencing empathy. So not just sitting with somebody and being present and quiet and knowing that their presence is there with you. But when they, like, they mourned with him. Yes. Like, they cried. And I, I've had people walking with me through things, and their tears mean a lot to me. Mm. It says, I see you. I see your pain. I feel, I don't know. I, they can't feel exactly what I'm going through. But they, they are entering in as much as they can, and they at least hurt that I'm hurting. <laughs> and I think just that expression of um, the emotion and the identification with that other person um, matters a lot. I know it's mattered in my life. Man, you know, that's one of the hardest things for me to do is to legitimately mourn with someone. I think it's much easier for me to just be there for them, listen, uh, but to really mourn with them. And I'll tell you why that's so hard for me to do, and I'd be interested if any of you listeners have struggled with this in your own life. Um, This sounds really weird, but it is difficult for me to see the humanity of other people. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? It's hard for me to see them as the complex body, soul, and spirit, flesh, human. Like, understand, this is a a being that has the same things that I have. And that's hard for me to do. I don't know why. The only thing that I can, the only thing I can come up with is because when I was in the SEAL teams, people were constantly 
moving in and out of the situation, in and out of the platoon, in and out of the unit, in and out of the team. It was There was a constant turnover. And you could never become really emotionally invested in people. The, it just didn't allow it. And so I find myself being detached from the humanity of people around me, which makes it difficult for me to mourn for someone. That's, that's, a, that's a tough one for me. Have you ever experienced somebody mourning for you? <sighs> or, with, or with you? It comes to mind. Not that comes off the top of my head. I'm sure I'd have to really consider that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just had to throw that out there. So that 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 can be difficult. And I guess the reason I say that is if if you have if you have the gift to really be able to empathize with with another person when they're going through hard times and mourn with them, man, you can bring a lot to the table. You can bring a lot to the table. Yeah. Let's uh, hear from you, Blake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think for me, I've learned even recently, if you are going to talk, it's better just to ask questions, not about the situation, but about the person, because it just maybe it helps them consider some things that they weren't going to consider on their own, and, and the question kind of helps them to dig and uncover things. So I think if you are going to talk, if they do share something with you, then just ask maybe more digging questions like Krista asks to help them realize. Maybe you already know. Maybe you're like, I know the answer to this, but I want them to understand it. So you ask questions um, intentionally doing that. And I think just sitting there, I think a lot of times when people are in a really hard time, they're likely confused about why they're there. They, they don't know, like, you know, they, they start to question really eternal questions like, why am I experiencing this? Why would God let me or this person go through it, through this, if they're Christian or not? And I think of uh, Laura Getchell on here. She said when she was mourning, when, when she was upset and feeling all of that about her diagnosis, she said all she wanted to hear was truth. And I think, well, someone who is really struggling is probably confused. And you by, by you sharing their opin- your opinion of what you think they should do, it's probably nothing but adding fuel to that confusion because they're saying, well, well, now Blake thinks this and Chad thinks this and Krista's told me this. And so if there's a standard that they live by, a truth that they live by, then just share the truth with them and say, hey, just this. Here's the word. Here's the word, man. Let me just share this with you. And with no opinion attached to it, no kind of commentary attached to it, just share it. You know, I mean, that helps me if I can hear truth. And I, I, opinions do help from people I respect or, or people that are really close to me. But if it's not, I mean, I guess I could respect somebody and still their opinion wouldn't, wouldn't count. There's probably five people's opinion that I would, that I would listen to and and it would actually carry weight with me. So I guess part of it's knowing you're standing with that person, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Good stuff, Blake. What about you, Chili Wee? Oh, I... Ain't got much to add. Usually just detract. But, I mean, as usual, I don't... uh, As always, I should say, I don't... I have more questions than answers about this topic. I mean, I don't know how to freaking best help people. I mean, I I think it's very individual. And I think that's the case with most things. And uh, something like this, since it is so individual, I mean, ask them how you can help. Is all I can think of. I mean, a lot of times people are afraid to ask specifically the person that's hurting, how can I help you? I mean, if you don't know, I don't know what better to do but then ask mm-hmm. how you can help <laughs> and then be willing to do it if, if you're able. I mean, I don't know. It's never put me off if somebody asked how they can help. You know, I think sometimes you might even be afraid of that, but it's never – I may not have nothing for them, you know, but I wouldn't tick me off if someone said, "Hey, how can I help you?" A lot of people are going to say, "Oh, I'm no, I'm I'm fine." And when they say that, I think it's important to have something in mind and say, "Well, can I bring you dinner tomorrow night?" When they just told you, "No, you can't help me," then at least offer something. 
Because a lot of people are going to, they, they don't want to inconvenience someone else. Or they don't want to feel like sure. they're burdening someone else. Or maybe they don't want to feel like, if Chili does this for me, then I'm going to owe him something. I'm just overwhelmed right now. I don't, you know, they don't want to take on, it's almost like a burden for them to allow somebody to maybe help they, them. Maybe they don't even know what they need. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that sometimes they don't. I think that's often the case. And, and I think that leads us into the, the second way that we can best help people is be proactive, right? Be proactive, which goes exactly against Chili's philosophy. I think <laughs> Chili's philosophy is bullcrap. No, it actually doesn't um, go against it. It's if you don't know what to do or how you can help somebody, you've exhausted everything. I think. I think just asking is. I, I mean, if that's the only thing you have left to do, I think that's what you do. But yeah. I agree with you. I mean, yeah. you should think. You should think of things without having to ask. Yeah. Certainly. So, so I think that's that's a yeah, right. I get that. Yeah. So be proactive. In other words, anticipate what you know uh every person needs, whether it's a meal, whether it's uh some sort of uh whatever, whatever then their their basic human needs are, be proactive in yeah. thinking about those things and just do it without them without asking, right? Um you know, I think that was one of the big things for me that this past week when I was by myself, it was like, if any of y'all would have asked me, uh, do you need me to come over? I said, no, I'm good. Because I wanted to be by myself, but that wasn't healthy. But that's what I wanted. So everybody that came saw me was like, Hey, we're coming over. Like mom told me the other day, she was like, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm coming over and you can just do whatever you want to do and I'm, I'll am i clean the house up. Right? She knew the house, house always needs to be cleaned. Um, and she knew that it would be more healthy for me to have someone there, whether I felt like it or not. So she was very proactive in that. Mm -hmm. Right? I think a big piece of that is knowing the person too and knowing them pretty well because there are people that actually do speak up and say, no, I don't need anything. I'm good. And they really mean it. And so, and it would be overstepping a boundary to impose on them actually. And so I think a lot of it, generally probably the tendency for people is to really need things and not ask. Yeah. So I think that's probably more likely, but there are people every now and then that I know, like I've offered, I've been specific i think that's something be specific about what you're offering mm -hmm. like you guys are talking about but then if they do say no you, you also have to i think let them kind of own that too and just respect those boundaries mm -hmm. but um but i do think that typically people need things then they don't ask um yeah. but i think that's probably more likely yeah so yeah, yeah. don't be overbearing right right, right. yeah yeah. Exactly. And examine your own heart. Like, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I need to feel like I'm doing something in this situation? Because I think sometimes we feel out of control and we want to control the situation. It's more about us than actually helping them and listening to what they need. And so I think being aware of what are my motives and what's going on in my own heart in this situation too. Like, am I actually attuned to what they need and what they're saying and where they are? Or am I really acting out of where I am? Mm-hmm. So, mm -hmm. well, that's good stuff. I have to say another thing that helps me is Blake's kids. Mm -hmm. uh, it's great to have for me, maybe that doesn't help anybody else, but for me to have uh, those young kids around really helps me a lot. Just you, you're, you're forced to focus on them. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you just see the, the purity like it's just it's just pure and i don't know it's a it's a huge help but um i think with job's that the um passage you read earlier too that's something that's striking is like he endured not just a lot but for a long time mm -hmm. and i think that's something to keep in mind too when people suffer sometimes it's for a long time and mm -hmm. it's easy to have a lot of energy initially around it like because something might have just happened and there's a heightened awareness of it and heightened awareness of needs. And I know I've had friends who um, say, like, I just kind of felt forgotten after a while, 
you know? And so I think that that's something to remember too, as a friend, like sometimes it can last a while and keep checking in, you know, keep checking in. Cause I think that, um, means a lot, especially after that initial, um, period where there's a, there are a lot of people coming around you asking for help and sitting with you. And, but the people that stay and sit with you for a long time or keep checking in that I think that can can matter a lot to the mm. people suffering yeah you look yeah. at what the bible says take care of the orphans and widows and mm-hmm. and you think like a widow when their husband passes it mm-hmm. you know people help a lot right oh, then yeah, but then right. then the lady's sitting there and it's mm-hmm. like you know oh mm-hmm. yeah an old lady that she's just there by herself and nobody mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. nobody really has nothing to do with her yeah and don't focus on like what you get out of it or whether that friend's going to recognize what you've done. I, I've had, I have, um, there's a, there are a group, group of guy friends that I know and one of them went through something really hard and the other guys in the group came around him and came around him pretty well and were with him and asking him questions and really caring for him. And it lasted a while. And then eventually this guy that was suffering kind of came out of it on the other side and said to them, you know, I just feel really hurt. Like, where were you guys? I don't feel like you guys really were there for me. And they were like, what? Because <laughs> I think when you're in the middle of suffering, like you you aren't, you aren't really sometimes aware of what's going on. Like you're just so inside your own head and your own experience and your own suffering that you don't even notice like who said what, who did what, whatever. So you can't let your motive be because this is going to matter to that person Mm -hmm. because they may even think the opposite of you (laughs) and could be wrong, but you have to show up because just of your own integrity and this is what they need and it's the right thing to do. Man. Well, it's just like Chad in the beginning was talking about his Instagram post and Mm -hmm. essentially he's sowing a seed there, right? Mm -hmm. And He's not happy with the results of it. And it's the same thing if you're trying to help somebody. You're sowing a seed and maybe you're doing it for that result or something. And I was going to read this earlier and I didn't. And I thought about it again, so I'm going to read it. (laughs) And this is uh, in the Bible, Jesus speaking. It says, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and it immediately sprang up, but because it had no depth of earth, but when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And so whatever seed you're sowing, just sow it. Like, he lists all the different ways people sowed seed in the, in the thorns. Some of it fell out. Some of it fell and sprang up, and then it died when the sun came out. But, you know, we used to spread seed for a living, or I had some guys that did it for me, and they would walk with that bag, and it was just the same way. Just They was just cranking out seed. Some of it was going to come up, and some of it wasn't. And it's the same thing. When you post something on Instagram, just post it and sow the seed. If people don't respond, who gives a crap? The people that need to see it will see it. If you see someone needs help, just go freaking help them. It don't matter if it makes you feel better. If if you feel like they need help, then just go help them. It's kind of like the uh, the opposite of that old... I don't know if it was Joseph Stalin or if this got misattributed to him, but he said uh, one death is a tragedy, but what is it? 10,000, 100,000, I don't even know the figure he used, is a, is a statistic. And it's kind of like on Instagram... You want to reach, you know, a hundred thousand people, a million people, mm-hmm. ten million people. But if you you just change one person, that's just kind of like the statistic in that case. It's like, yeah. oh, you don't even seem like you did anything. But that's it. That's a big deal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I I have I have to say I I get frustrated. I get frustrated <coughs> with um with the amount of m- mediocrity that is accepted by the general population. It frustrates me, and it shouldn't. And in your frustration, 
you're not sowing as much seed as you would normally exactly. be sowing had you not been I'm frustrated. Because I'm like, y'all don't want to hear this crap on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you view you view the people who view your posts as a collective and not a bunch of individuals, you know. Well, I mean, Whereas, this isn't just on Instagram, all right? I know, this but I mean, I'm just saying. That yeah. was the example earlier is Instagram, and it's 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 a different dynamic. Well, and I think at the very beginning, when you start talking, <clears throat> you talked in terms of, I'm putting this out there and people aren't receiving it. And so your measure for what you are doing is whether people receive it or not, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and I don't think that's what should measure what we do is whether people receive it or not. Just like in this um, topic we're talking about right now about coming along people who are suffering, our measure of what we do isn't on whether people receive it or not. It's on what do we, what do we need to do? Mm-hmm. What do we need to, who do we need to be? And, you know, and you can apply that in other areas of life and culture, how we show up in culture and what we do in our relationships day to day. We don't do things because um, it's going to be received or how is it going to be received? We do it because it's who we are. Yep. <laughs> it's just who I am. Like I can't help it. It's the essence of who I am. When I see somebody suffering, I feel compelled to um, move toward them. When I see their tears, I am triggered to cry and empathize. And and it's not because I'm conjuring that up or because I want to get a certain result or have that person receive it. It's just because it's coming out of who I am. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big difference. It, and it goes back to a foundational lesson. I mean, it's, it is the same lesson as a standard versus a result, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So offering help and not expecting a, a response, which would be the result. Right, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. having um, expectations around a response, but it being out of who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. do due diligence to do it in good effort, mm-hmm. right? But it's just like I know some people say I'm I'm not. Aside from the whole church thing, say I'm not tithing to that church because I don't know that that pastor is stewarding that well. Well, if you really think he's misusing it, maybe think about it. But if you're just got some something in your head that's for him to answer for it's your job to do what you need to do to give to help whatever it is that you're doing and it's the same thing you you do some due diligence make sure it's it's actually somewhat correct and then you just do it and let them answer for how they handle it or how that's not on you yeah yeah that's the truth man Mm -hmm. um all right, and then uh, tying it back, uh, just I want to re-hit what Krista said earlier about being persistent or being consistent with uh, if someone is going through a long-term uh, struggle or, or they're, they're, they've been in a bad place for a long time and uh, not to just expect to jump on it when it's new and fresh, but understand that that, that uh, support, do your best to sustain it. That impacted me because you know, the times that I have been in a bad spot and, um, I, if you text me, I'm not going to return your text because I don't want to talk to you. And if you call me, I'm probably not going to answer your call. But if you call me and call me and call me and call me 10 days in a row, I'll probably answer your call on like the eighth or 10th time. That's what we need to do. And it helps me (laughs) and it helps me. It, I don't, I know that's, that's me. Like I shouldn't be that way. Like I'm not saying everybody's that way. I'm just saying that's something that has helped me in the past. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that consistency? Like, you know, mm-hmm. so you know who the man on that is Paul. Oh yeah. Paul will call you. <laughs> it don't matter if you answer him or not. He will call you. And call and and I love that he does it. And he leaves a message and says, "Hey man, I don't need nothing. Just call him to check in." Yeah. And if he needs something, say he says, "Hey man, I need something. Can you call me back?" And then what's crazy is when you like for me in that situation, that person that is persistent. When I finally do pick up the call, I'm like, "This sucker just ain't gonna stop calling me." So I'm gonna pick up the freaking phone, and I feel better after I talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. So. And if you're that person calling, when the person answers, don't say, hey, man, I've been calling you for like two weeks. Wait, don't just be like, oh, hey, what's up, man? How you do? Don't bring that. Nobody wants to hear when you go to church or when uh, you hadn't been at, where you been, man? I ain't treating you. Nobody wants to hear that crap, man. Just man. leave that out of it. 
Scott Worthington <laughs> told me the other day I was harder to get a hold of than Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty hard. Oh man. Well, all right, guys. Well, I hope you uh, I hope you gained something from this conversation. This is something that I I, I really uh, aspire to get better at in my own life, um, which is I guess why it was so heavy on my heart. Maybe it doesn't mean something to some of you guys. Maybe some of you guys are really good at this and you're nailing it. And uh, if you are one of those people and you want to add something to the conversation, if you share the episode, just write a little note. Uh, on the story post or whatever and tell us what you would add to the conversation what you've done to help other people because i would like to hear it because again this is something i aspire to be better at in my life uh so we appreciate you tuning in chili i'm thankful for you man uh even though you really didn't say anything on the podcast today which you did the intro that was good well, I'm thankful for you too. And you know, I'd said enough to where hopefully the audience learned that if they're going through a hard time, don't depend on me. <laughs> we won't call you. Um, and uh, Chili and Blake, or, uh, Blake and Krista, thank y'all for bringing the heat. Good job. Love you guys. Love enough you said. Too.